your host. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you once again for making our show one of the most listened to shows Saturday nights when we air in the tri-state area on 620 a.m., 1640 a.m., 93.5 FM, and high digital. And when you download us anytime, anywhere, through the various podcast outlets we are on, including Apple and Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Jewish Network, and through the website of TalkLine Network. And there's more to come. Let's get started. Welcome into my corner. Well, you've asked for it, and tonight we're starting it. We are really excited to have our Cindy Celebrity Corner Book Club, which we will be featuring authors and their books once a month. And we're going to preview them beforehand so you could order them. We will have follow-up discussions. And this way, wherever you are, you can join our book club. Many of you knew that I belonged to book clubs, and many of you asked what books my book club reads. We're going to feature everything here, from historical fiction to memoirs to realistic fiction, best-selling authors you know, and some authors you're going to meet. Tonight, we're going to feature our own Naomi Joseph with her brand new book that you can order on Amazon, Binge and Sprint. You've also asked me, if many of you follow me, as you know, about the many recipes and entertainment tips I've given through the years, whether or not it's been through one of my columns or through one of my social media outlets. And this year, it seems like between the good weather and with Hanukkah coming early, because, you know, Jewish holidays never come on time. They're either early or late. But Thanksgiving, Hanukkah is creeping up on us. And many of us haven't started to think about it yet. So I am telling you, it is no better time to start preparing. And when I mean preparing, start to think about your guest list, start to think about what you want to buy, and start to purchase those non-perishable items. Let me recommend to you the Baron Herzog wines that you can get from our friend Gabe Geller and Royal Wine Company, available through our website and through the Royal Wine website. And let me make some really good suggestions to you, given the fact that this year it seems that it's going to be harder to get some of the foods we are used to. Think about ways to incorporate traditional foods into your menu if you can't get a turkey or if you're having a hard time finding the canned cranberry sauce. You shouldn't really be using that anyway. It is the easiest thing to make cranberry sauce, healthy and simple, all natural, something you should be eating all year round. If you can't get a turkey, especially a kosher one, because I know I am in an area where there's plenty of kosher supermarkets and I'm still having a hard time finding the right size uh, turkey. So what am I going to do? I'm going to use turkey cutlets and bread them with parv cornbread breading. And we can make the dip with 
homemade cranberry sauce. Another tip, lacus. You're going to see on my social media how I am going to prepare my lacus. Not your ordinary way. And you're going to see how I serve it. Remember, serving food is like a first date. You only get one time to impress the people who are eating it. And people do eat with their eyes. Our first guest is coming up soon. And I want to tell you a little bit about him. Mark Feuerstein is a very well-known actor. You know him from his many roles. And you're going to have a great time listening to him as he recalls filming many of his scenes. But this week, he is going to be talking about a project that he is working on with an organization that I happen to like, I happen to be very partial to, and that is the Jewish Partisans Educational Foundation. Many people think of Jews and the Holocaust as, with the thought of Jews never fighting back. It's simply not true. Despite the fact that their weapons were taken away from them, their rights were taken away from them. They lived in situations that we cannot even imagine. Jews fought hard to fight back. And so it is really an honor to have as our first guest, Mark, who talks about how his role in the movie Defiance was a nat uh, really a uh, natural transition for him to go into being the MC of this year's gala. And we share all the information of how you can join internationally for as little as $18 into this gala and learn more about how Jews fought for themselves in the worst of conditions. We'll be back after this commercial. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am so excited about our next guest. He, you all know him for his television uh, series, his movie uh, acting, his uh, proud Judaism, and he's here to discuss one of his latest projects, and he's going to talk all about it. Mark Feuerstein, welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Woo! Cindy Celebrity Kona! Uh, I am in the spotlight today. Well, we're really happy to have you. I have to tell you, you know, we know you from the West Wing. We know you from Royal Pains. But my favorite of all time is In Her Shoes. Because you made 
the Nebisha lawyer, the most lovable, desirable man to everybody. Oh, that's so sweet. I loved doing that movie. I got to work with some of the greatest uh, actors, director, writer uh, in my career. Um, actually, Susanna Grant, who wrote the script of In Her Shoes, is currently working with, um, oh God, who wrote Fleischman is in Trouble? She's a genius. Uh, she's very uh, au courant right now. What? I can't think of the name. Uh, and she's, she's brilliant. Um, and, and of then course, you got to work with Shirley MacLaine, Cameron Diaz, you and Tony Collette. It was such a, a great movie. And of course, the- I'm sorry, Taffy Brodesser Ackner, who wrote Fleischman is in Trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Hansen directed In Her Shoes. He's no longer with us, but he's a genius. He directed LA Confidential. And then, yes, of course, Shirley MacLaine, Cameron Diaz, Tony Collette, I got to work with on a, a, very closely. And I just texted with her, wishing her a happy birthday. She is such an unbelievable talent. And it was written by a woman who went to Princeton, which is where I went to college, uh, Jennifer Weiner, who has written so many fabulous books, uh, celebrating and deconstructing the Jewish American existence, if you will. Well, we're going to talk about your latest project, which is tied to another movie role you had in the movie Defiance. Tell us what you are doing for the Jewish Partisans Educational Foundation. So I, there was a guy uh, who went to Parky Synagogue, who I think has seen me MC the event to uh, you know celebrate Parky Synagogue's school, um, and he mentioned to my father his connection to the Jewish Partisans Educational Foundation and that they're having a gala this year on November twenty first. And would I be willing to be the MC? And because of my connection to the partisans through the movie Defiance, it was a no-brainer. And uh, I've been in touch with Sherry Rosenblum, who runs the organization, who has been so fabulous and supportive and uh, instructive. And I've learned so much through the process, but it blows me away that there were these Uh, some 1,200, I'm sure it's more, I don't know the exact numbers, Jews who not only survived the Holocaust, not only set up shop in the middle of a forest with nothing else but trees and dirt and built an entire village with a school, which was my character was the intellectual Isaac Malbin, who was a teacher there, but with, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, makeshift places to live and work and learn and fix. Uh, you know, the stereotype of a Jew is the exact opposite of what the partisans were. And it goes to show you that in our heritage, we have been tough. We have fought back. We have not just accepted blindly our fate like the stereotypical Nebishi Jew, we are tough, we are strong. And uh, that's what the story of the partisans tells us. And, and it should fly in the face of anyone who tells us we're just all accountants, you know? 
Well, I couldn't agree with you more as a daughter-in-law of a living Holocaust survivor. As I mean, you don't know me, but if you Google me, you know, I am not someone who is uh, someone I would have been a partisan if God forbid I was living during that time because I am a fighter and I am an education activist. So especially during these times when education is a nonpartisan issue that needs bipartisan support, we must tell the truth about what went on during the Holocaust and on November 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the 2021 Virtual Gala. And if people want to purchase tickets and see UMC, and I'm sure as they're listening to this interview, they're going to want to go on because they know it's going to be an entertaining night. You, they could go visit JewishPartisans.org 2021 Gala and tickets start at $18. So I really uh can't thank you enough for uh volunteering your time to do this because it is a very big issue people don't know about enough about the partisans and you're right everybody just thinks we all just went into the gas chambers and we didn't fight but there were people who fought and unfortunately today many of the people that survived are no longer with us so it's up to people like you to tell their story and to keep it going on so that generations never forget about the Holocaust. Well, especially because we are living, unfortunately, in a time where hate is so easily uh, promoted and uh, sent around the world through the internet. And that hate has manifested in the uh, debunking of so many historical facts like the Holocaust and there and it's connected to this rise in anti-semitism and so it's not just history it's present day and i gotta tell you cindy there's a story i forgot to mention in my uh in my spiel on uh well i you know hopefully i can get it in there on june tw- on uh sorry november 21st but when i was shooting defiance while i was walking around the main plots of Vilnius, as I'm filming a movie about the resistance of Jews during the Holocaust, on a wall was an enormous swastika painted in spray paint across a wall in a main thoroughfare in the middle of Vilnius. And uh, I can, I got to tell you the, the Eastern European vibe of Vilnius, though I'm sure, though everyone on our crew was fabulous and warm and inviting, the general vibe wasn't that and uh, add to it a swastika on a wall. And I can tell you it brought up the same issues that, you know, are far less and less, you know, uh, threatening than they were in 1937 in uh, Belarus. But nonetheless, there was a swastika on the wall and it just reminded me that we must remember to never forget because anti-Semitism is alive and well and has been for centuries. And it, you know, history tells us that we have every reason to believe it will continue. So we must continue to remember. So before we get on with learning, learning more about you, I just want to tell anybody who's out there, if they're a teacher, if they're involved in school boards, This organization has the most incredible educational information materials to share with classrooms. 
about Jewish partisans and go on their website, uh, jewishpartisans.org. And you mentioned Sherry. She would be more than happy to get information to classrooms, whether or not they're public, private schools, whatever. It's out there. The facts are there. We must teach our history. And it's very important to share this with non-Jews as well. I mean, that's one of the best things about this organization that I've learned through the years. Yeah, and these are great characters. I mean, Tuvia Bielski is the man. And look, he did, he did some things that, are, you know, are not condoned necessarily by the Torah, but I'm sure in the Mishnah, where we analyze the exceptions to rules, it, everything would be justified. So, Mark, I have to say something about you. You've never um, hid the fact in many of your characters that you're Jewish. In fact, you and your wife wrote a show, and it was like a Jewish comedy for CBS, uh, 9JKL. Yes, uh, and if only Les Moonves had been ousted a little earlier, we might still be on the air. You never know. With today, things are coming back all over the place. Yeah, you never know. You were on one of the very first episodes of Sex in the City. Uh, oh, can I tell you, Cindy, about that? Can I tell you about that? Or, or how, absolutely. How, how explicit can we get here? I don't want to say words that are not appropriate for your We listener. don't cancel culture. We encourage it. So if you have something okay. to entertain us Okay, all right, us Cindy, with. let's do it. So uh, I'm in an episode of Sex in the City playing Josh, the ophthalmologist. And the nature of my role is that uh, I am so bad in bed, Miranda has to fake her orgasms, right? But my father doesn't know this. All he knows is Mark's on Sex and the City. He's going to be on Sex and the City. You must watch it. This is only season two, so not everybody is aware of just how explicit the show is. And he's telling everybody, the synagogue, the building, cut to the night I'm on the show. He's watching as Miranda and I have dialogue where she says to me, uh, Josh, you know where the clitoris is? I say, yes. Well, it's two inches from where you think it is. He's getting phone calls from Rabbi Einseidler at Parkey Synagogue saying, Harvey, what are you telling me about this show? They're saying these words, clitoris. This is horrible. My father's going, Mark, what are you doing? What is, what, what is this show you're on? I got a lot of flack. It was, uh, it was a rough moment. But eventually people uh, caught on that this was a big hit show and, and they, were, they were happy to share it. And my parents were proud, sort of. And you mentioned, of course, you, are, uh, you, you did go to Princeton. You're actually a Fulbright scholar. And you were I a am. wrestler. And you were a wrestler. Was, you got it all, Cindy. You did your homework, honey. I'm proud of you. I, I have a you know, Jewish brain here. What can I say? Jewish, kep- you- Jewish kepi. So, Mark, uh, what are your current projects and future projects? So, uh, I, season two of Babysitter's Club just came out on Netflix. Uh, I am currently the, the uh, Frank Sinatra, or if you're a Godfather fan, the Johnny Fontaine of the nine-year-old set. Uh, I was at a birthday party recently where they all realized that I was Watson Brewer on the Babysitter's Club, and they went nuts. Um, none of my adult friends have any idea what I'm doing, but those with kids do, and that's nice. Um, I'm also on a show, there's a show called Power, which was a big hit on the Stars channel, and they have a spinoff called Power Book Two, 
ghost and I play a the opposite of what I play on the Babysitter's Club where I'm a sweet dad. Uh, on ghost, I am a jerk, tough guy, Democratic National Committee uh, power broker. I am a king maker and uh, I get to sort of uh, run the campaign for Lorenz Tate who plays Rashad Tate on ghost. And it's a really fun character and I get to be a jerk and I love that too. Cause uh, it's not, it's not always fun to just consistently be a total mensch on screen. It's nice to play someone with a little dirt under his fingernails too. Well, definitely you're going to be a mensch on November 21st at 7 PM Eastern time for JEPF's 2021 virtual gala. Tickets are still available. They start at $18. Go to the website, www.jewishpartisans.org slash 2021gala. Mark Feuerstein, it was such a pleasure having you. I'm so excited because, like I said, it's, you know, In Her Shoes is one of those movies you could always watch over and over and over again and just love it. It's It's timeless. Well, I am so proud of that movie. I'm so glad that movie resonated with you, Cindy. And, uh, and, and you know, that character, Simon Stein, he, he orders for the lady like a gentleman. He knows what sushi she wants. She's a little uh, offended, but, you know, once in a while, a guy has to take charge. And that's what the partisans are all about. So I hope people will join us on November 21st um, because it's an unbelievable organization. And it's so important that kids uh, learn that there were Jews who didn't just blindly walk into gas chambers. There were Jews who said, if I don't, you know, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? If I am only for myself, who am I? In the great words of Rabbi Hillel. And they, they took it upon themselves to move into the forests of Belarus and Poland and many other forests, build communities, save Jews, you know, shuttle them secretly into the forest. And they hid there like uh, geniuses who knew that if they were in the public site, they would be taken. And, and thanks to those partisans, there are hundreds of thousands of Jews in the world today. And, and we're so lucky, like over 400,000 Jews. So thank God for them. And coincidentally, without even planning it, we are taping this on the anniversary of Kristallnacht. Wow. Oy. Uh, yeah, so big parties tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, actually, that, I'm actually a lot of lectures tonight. <laughs> yes, I'm sure a lot of lectures. Uh, the night of the broken glass. It's, uh, it's a night to remember so as we never forget. What is your background, by the way? Uh, I'm Catholic. Obviously. No. How, <laughs> <laughs> if we could ask your affiliation religious wise, because you know a lot. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Cindy. Uh, Rabbi Einsider, Rabbi Harold Einsider at Parkey Synagogue would be very uh, proud to hear you say that. I, I grew up in Manhattan. I went to Parkey Synagogue uh, with Rabbi Schneier and I uh, was bar mitzvah there. It's an Orthodox shul uh, in the old school tradition. I'm now uh, leaning slightly more towards the uh, conservative or reform movement. Actually, very reform if you consider uh, our shul Ikar in L.A. with Rabbi Sharon Brous, but very proud of that community. She's 
an amazing activist for all kinds of civic action, um, mostly all related to the great values of Rabbi uh, Joshua Ab Abraham Heschel and the progressive movement within Judaism. But uh, I hail from a tradition that maybe is more uh, in line with your listenership, uh, Rabbi Einsadler at Park East, um, a great shul, a landmark in New York City on 67th and uh, between 3rd and Lex, and, and very proud to be from that community. My son was, uh, had his birthday, by the way. So I Is that, that right? At Park yeah. East? Years ago. Different life. Oh, my God. Amazing. Again, Mark first, Feuestein, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. You see how excited I am? I, I uh -oh. do, and I love it, Cindy. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And November 21st, emceeing the Jewish Partisans Educational Foundation's Virtual Gala. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign, I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I am so excited for our next segment because you guys have been writing to me about things that you want in our corners. And one thing that came up over and over and over again was a different approach to the interviews with authors and their books. And a lot of you asked me about my book club. So I am bringing what I learned through the many years of participating in book clubs to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And we are initiating the monthly book club featuring authors and their books. And we are going to be having uh, many uh, authors from different genres of books. And we are also going to have follow-up to the discussion so that you can find questions that you might have or you will be able to find out more about where to get the book or speak to the author or ask the author to come to your book club. Many of these authors love to do Zoom meetings, love to meet people in person. I could tell you last night I was at a meeting of about 100 people uh, with a nonfiction book. And I have to tell you, it was fascinating. So we are very lucky to have as one of our extended family, part of Cindy's Celebrity Corner now for several months. We've been hearing a little bit about the book, but now it's really available. The debut is coming within the next few days, and we are encouraging you to please go on Amazon.com and buy it because you know Naomi Joseph is going to be back and discussing it. So Naomi Joseph wrote the book Binge and Sprint, and 
if you know anything about Naomi, which a lot of you do, you hear through the radio this vibrant, exciting, positive personality. And she took an issue that so many young and old uh, men and women are always thinking about, and that is the idea of binging. But instead of putting ourselves down, she took an approach to build ourselves up. So Naomi Joseph, thank you so much for helping us inaugurate, really, Cindy's Celebrity Corner Book Club. And the book, of course, is Binge and Sprint. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited um, that we're going to be talking about this book because I really feel that binge eating disorder is so massive, but it is such a shameful topic and nobody speaks about it, but it is so needed. And I figured, I don't know, I'll go first. Why not? Because once you just kind of blow the shameful shroud off of this very, very taboo topic, all of a sudden people come out of the woodwork and start to um, ask for help, ask for the help that they need. So we want to uncover this and we want to tell people that they are not alone and that there is hope. So imagine a life where food isn't relied upon for anything other and nourishing your body and soul for the ultimate good. That's such a heavy line. What made you think about that line to put down into, you know, to paper? So I think that's something that I've been thinking about for my whole life. I always wondered what it would be like to be able to not see food as like a like a, a, a evil master or something that you have to do that you don't want to do, or just being able to see food as your friend and having food serve you instead of you serving food and having to kowtow to those dark voices in your head and to be free of the addiction and not have it rule your life. It's something that I've always wondered about. It's something that Yes, since I'm eight years old. And yet it's something I could relate to. And I think everybody can relate to men, women. I mean, I know so many teenagers today that struggle and they don't know why they're struggling and why it is the way it is. We are we live in a society in a world where we are surrounded by food all the time, whether or not it's a food in a healthy way or a non-healthy way. And I'm going to just read a little piece of the book. Have you ever stood at the kitchen counter urgently devouring insane amounts of frozen stale hot dog buns dipped alternatively in jelly and almond butter while on high alert for approaching humans? You brought out something there. I mean, I I have to be honest, that's never been me. I've I've been a closet eater on many other things, but what you described there is nothing I ate. Uh, But closet eating, it's not when I go out with my friends that I overeat. It's when I'm alone. Tell us about that because a lot of people don't discuss that. 
So it's really, that is part of binge eating. That's what binge eaters do. It's again, very shameful what they're doing. They do it in private so that nobody knows it's, it's part of the disorder. And I remember when I first got married and I came home and I was so excited and we moved in together and I was unpacking groceries and all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, Oh no, is he going to find out that I do this? Is he going to walk? Like we were living in a tiny apartment. And I was thinking, oh my God, how is this going to go? I don't want him to know. And then, but you know, you become very like stealth, you know, you, <laughs> so that you, you're, you are on high alert for approaching humans. You're listening, you're making sure that you're, it's a secret. It's a secret that is kept because it's, it's shameful. Can I just tell everybody, Naomi has one of the most handsome, fun husbands in the world. And he adores Naomi and he adored Naomi the first day and he adores her even more today because I know him very well. So when she's <laughs> describing this, I'm thinking that's not him, but apparently it was something that bothered you. And how do you approach that in the book? So um, you mean with the relationship with or the relationship with food that you just discussed. I mean, you used an example with, with your husband, but I'm sure in the book, I'm, I know you probably have at least 10 other situations where that kind of feeling is like, oh my God, they're going to find out the truth about me. So really um, where binge eating comes from, and it really doesn't have to be binge eating. It really can just be any other addiction or life challenge that you have. I mean, take out binge eating and substitute um, shopping or drugs or porn or alcohol or relationships or anything. And it really all stems from low self-worth. Starts Starting when you're a child, and just, it's so funny because kids, they, I feel like as kids, we are so, you know, we're watching everything so carefully and we really see what's going on, but we're horrible interpreters as kids. And you take that messed up message that you get and you, it becomes part of your identity and we wear it on, on our chest like a scarlet A. And that's just our identity forever. And then we never really look at it. We never change it. We never adapt it as we grow up, even though it doesn't serve us, even though the, the, the burden that we're carrying really never was ours to even carry. And then we just take it with us into adulthood. And we just keep on keeping on doing the same thing, doing the same things that comfort us, even though um, they're really uncomfortable. We keep returning to the comfort of our discomfort is really what it is. Your book has a complimentary binge workbook, which I think is key. And it's something really that I was impressed with and something that is a great activity for a book club because you are actually helping the readers in a very entertaining way, I should say, look at themselves, love themselves, and yet take simple steps if they want to improve themselves. But you want, your goal here isn't changing them as much as getting them to really appreciate and love themselves. Putting together a workbook like this is, is really, first of all, very unique. 
but it's also very time consuming. What made you decide to put a workbook together with this book? So um, I'm very, very excited about the workbook. And it's actually, um, I just signed a contract. It is being published um, and it is going to come out um, next winter of 2022. And I am actually very excited because part of the process of of this is I am looking for people who will go through the workbook and do it because I would love feedback before it gets published. But how it came uh, into being was actually quite an, an accident because what happened was that I was in the beginning recover stages of recovery and what I did was I started journaling every time I would binge, I started journaling afterwards so that I would become more aware. Okay. What was happening in my surroundings? What was my reaction to it? Why did I turn to food? What was I eating? What did that look like for me? And I would go through all these questions and all these stages of the binge. And then because I became so much more aware of it because of the journaling, I would be able to halfway during the binge stop and then run and journal. And then it came to a point where I became so aware that I didn't have to binge at all. And I just started going to my workbook because I, I was so aware of what I was doing. So I had this whole rigmarole that I went through all of these stages and all of these questions. And I saw that there was a pattern and I was like, gosh, if I could benefit from this, why shouldn't people take a year's worth of binges from me? Of, of And I became so aware, let me help other people with it. So that's the process. That's how it happens. So we did promote this a little bit and uh, we did get a lot of response. So one of my uh, listeners asked the question, what is your background to be an expert in this arena? So I really think that 40 years of binge eating really <laughs> makes me an expert. Um, but also I am, I, I do have um, a master's in speech and language pathology. My uh, expertise is in feeding and swallowing disorders. Um, I have a master's, of, I'm Ivy League educated from Columbia University. And um, I was also accepted for a full scholarship for a PhD in the area of feeding and swallowing disorders. And um, it is amazing to take that part of it and relate it to the binge eating because it always amazed me how I could help all of these other children be on their way to a life of healthful eating and I couldn't do it for myself. And being in that situation and learning from my students and seeing how they were so at peace and so proud of their eating and being at peace with the food and loving it and not being ashamed. And it really just made such a tremendous impact on me. So, um, so that's where I, I guess, I guess that's where it stems from for me. It was really amazing that juxtaposition to be able to see that part of it. So one of our listeners uh, wrote to us and said that they remember their binging at a very young age, staking food from their younger sibling. And it's been a lifelong 
journey for them and it's been hard. They still don't feel they've conquered that binging. What is your early, earliest memory of binging? So before, before I say that, I just want to, I just want to tell you that it's not like a person could ever um, kick binge eating or conquer it or be done with it. And, you know, you've arrived and it's recovery and now you're done forever. Yay. No, you'll always have it. It's like an alcoholic who they'll always have it in them, like a drug addict. They'll always have it in them. It's really about um, making peace with food. It is about developing your self-worth. It's about waking up every day and making the right choices. And the people that you see that once were suffering and now are not suffering, it's not that they've arrived and like some magical fairy dust was sprinkled and now they just don't do it anymore and poof, and they're perfect. No, it's that they wake up every morning and they work on themselves and they find their self-worth and they strengthen their connection with their higher power and they make, they have the strength and the bravery to make better decisions for themselves and they allow themselves to go and get the life that they want. So if you feel like you're still stuck in there, I don't want you to think that there's any, no, nobody's got magical powers. So don't say yourself short, okay? Just know that it takes all the work and you've got to do the person that you see succeeding has done all the emotional heavy lifting. That's and when did you is. start your journey for recovery? Um, so recovery for me, um, started about, about two or three years ago, about three years ago. And, um, I was in a very precarious situation. I was taking, my mom had passed away and I was taking care of my dad. And, um, I was the heaviest I had ever been. And it was a very tumultuous time in my life. And I was really using, the food to help me get through. It was like my salvation. I could just come home no matter how stressful I was. I could, you know, bury myself in, in a box of cookies or, and that helped me. Um, but we know that it really doesn't help. You're just numbing yourself. You know, you're just, you're just having, then you're just lost in a, a gluten fog and, um, and it just stops your mind from racing because now you're in a sugar coma, but it really, it's not helping you at all. It's just worsening, um, you know, whatever it is that you're in. And, um, I, so funny, I call it using cake as fortitude. Like you're just using it to help you, to help get you through. Um, and I remember I woke up one morning and I was, I was, again, the heaviest I had ever been. And I was, um, I, I was exhausted. I couldn't, it turns out that, you know, when you over, when you overeat quite a bit, it really, it starts, you get headaches and you, your sleeping isn't good and, and you're exhausted all the time and you're not in a good mood and, and you can't fit into your pants. And I kept thinking, if I keep going like this, I'm going to die. Like, I'm really going to do something bad to my, to myself. And, and then my next thought was, 
I just, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I just made a decision that I was not going to go down that road. Like, it's just, you just wake up one morning and you're, you're done. And then the work begins. So I said to my husband later that day, you know, we had, we have a schedule in the morning with the kids and everything. And I said, um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go to the gym early in the morning before work. And he goes, sure. And he didn't know if it was like for a special boot camp or whatever it was. And he, I, he said, how long are you going to be doing that for? And I said, forever. And he said, okay. So that's sort of how my, my journey began. It began with moving, with movement, with moving my body. Um, and then it kind of stemmed from there. Now, that's how it started. You're so personal on this and relate. I, I'm going to just share some of the reviews your book is getting. I find Naomi's book to be raw, riveting, and poignant. It leaves the reader with tools for recovery to a place of understanding and acceptance. It's a must read. And this is from a doctor who's a PhD and director of Associates for Bulimia. And uh, just one of many reviews that uh, you are getting. Uh, another one I'm going to read. At its heart, Engine Sprint is a story of psychological birth, which is messy, painful, funny, and ultimately hopeful by another doctor who is an eating disorder specialist and is the author of Food for Thought. So a lot of people in the field, with medical degrees even, are turning to this book as a source for comfort and as a source for the um, reader to really relate to without having to go, let's say, to a doctor or, you know, you're not a weight loss program. Let's make this clear. Correct? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you how many calories to count. I'm not going to give you exercises to do with resistance bands while you're waiting for carpool. Like it's nothing like that. It's really just about finding yourself and finding your voice. And, and it's really, my book is an invitation for you to lean into your greatness. And one more review that's kind of goes into that Naomi's passion for wanting to help others is why she put pen to paper. This is a powerful memoir of her life journey with a recurring message. You are not alone and there is always hope. And this is also by a doctor who is an eating disorder specialist. And I have to tell you, the book comes out at a perfect time because this is the time of year that anybody who has a problem with food really dreads. So before we close, give us some ideas what we should be thinking about besides reading the book, besides following the tips in the workbook to actually uh, work on. What should we be doing over this holiday? Because I know for me, I'm dreading it. So I think that going into a holiday, especially, this is the time to really start your self-development journey. This is about you knowing that a food is not good and a food is not bad. It's just a food. There is no value attached to it. And that 
you can go into any situation. You can look, you can taste everything and anything that you want to. And it's okay to listen to your body. But the danger begins when you have one cookie, which is wonderful. Have a cookie. It's a holiday. Have a cookie. Okay. But the danger begins when you say in your head, oh my God, I had that cookie. I wasn't good. I was bad. And now I don't deserve. And now I just may as well have the whole box and all of the no. Stop assigning good and bad to the food. It's just food. And it takes a lot of practice to have one cookie with a little bit of joy and then walk away. But I want you to know that to start this journey during a holiday, and believe me, I believe that you could do whatever you want, but when you start this journey during a holiday, it's a complete setup. Because it's, if you don't have a rock solid foundation with food, like on a normal day, if you expect to have it going into, ho into a holiday, oh my God, you're just setting yourself up. Like it's, it's a complete setup. So give yourself a little bit of grace if you do overindulge on the holidays. And during a time where it was like a bit better again that's really the time to start getting getting foundation under it it's like saying it's like going to to a smoker fest and say oh i'm going to a smoker fest but i'm not going to smoke like it's it's just ridiculous so um that's what i would say just give yourself a little bit before of we close first of all i want to thank you for opening up the cindy celebrity corner book club you really gave us a lot to think about. And the book really is for, like I said, people from both sexes, from all age ranges, from wherever you are. I mean, if you're celebrating Hanukkah early or Christmas or you're waiting for New Year's, you could, you could, you know, get the book and set up the goal. Any final thoughts from you? So I just have at the back of my book, I have um, a few, I have a list of 36 lessons that I learned. Um, and I want to give you a couple of them. So the first one is that you are worthy. The fact that God in his infinite wisdom put you on this earth is proof enough of that. You can't find your worth out in the world. You have to find it from within because you're born with it. You can't make it happen or go out and get it because you are it. And once you get that straight in your head, all the avenues you once pursued to find your worth are no longer necessary because all the things you were searching for find you. So just know that you are a child of God. You are the son or daughter of a king. And that you were born with the intuition inside of you to be able to know how to feed your body for your ultimate good and you will get there. If the voice inside you tells you that you want to, then you will. Naomi Joseph, the book is Binge and Sprint, available on Amazon.com. Everybody, you can reach out to Naomi via social media, Facebook, Instagram. She definitely would respond. I can promise you that I know Naomi. And she's doing this as a passion and a love for people. Anybody who knows Naomi knows that is so true. 
And the book is so inspiring. You just heard here, I didn't even know, you got an exclusive first look into the workbook that's going to be published next year. Naomi Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. We're All our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night. episode.